you better not mess with an empowered woman, right? I mean, she will move heaven and earth. And goodness me, what happens when we get that kind of energy out there? Like what kind of change can we make? Welcome to the Being Human is Good for Business podcast. In each episode, the leadership development experts at Trilogy Effect explore how the process of self-discovery unleashes potential in us all. Now here's your host, Sherilyn Starkey. Hello, I'm Sherilyn Starkey. Welcome to Being Human is Good for Business, the podcast for business leaders who want to build high-performance teams. Today I'm joined by Wendy Apple. Hi, Wendy. Hey. She's the author of Inside Out Enneagram, the game-changing guide for leaders, and she's a founding partner of Trilogy Effect. Together, she and I are welcoming Jane Finette, a passionate advocate for women and girls and the author of Unlocked, How Empowered Women Empower Women, which has just been released. Jane is also the founder of the Coaching Fellowship, a nonprofit organization which helps advance young women as social change leaders. Since its inception, Back in 2014, more than a thousand women from 70 countries have graduated from the coaching fellowship. Now, Wendy, she got on board very early as a volunteer coach, and she's personally coached dozens of young women leaders, a couple of whom that we've met on past episodes of this podcast. So I've been tremendously impressed with what I've learned so far about Jane's organization. So I'm very excited to welcome her to the show. Thank you for coming on the show, Jane. Uh, Sherilyn, thank you so very much for having me. It's uh, it's a joy to be uh, be with you today. So, can we start at the very beginning? Why don't you tell us a little bit about how and why you started the coaching fellowship? Thank you. I would I would love to. And uh, well, I uh, actually got access to leadership development and coaching when I had quote unquote sort of already made it as an executive. So I used to have a really big job at Mozilla. That's the folks behind the Firefox web browser. And I made it into the executive team. And then suddenly I was anointed with all of this opportunity for resources for executive coaching and leadership development. And quite honestly, I'd had a lot of trainings in my career, my 25 plus year career, but never anything quite like coaching. And it cracked my world open. And uh, I thought, goodness, I think, I think I'm in the wrong job, first of all. And I was really surprised that I had sort of got this far without really knowing myself intimately. There were lots of things that I'd done in my life and my career on purpose, which kind of ended up being sort of a happy accident, I suppose. But it wasn't until I was much older and had this opportunity of coaching that I could really make decisions with intention and kind of really understood what was underneath it all. So I decided that, first of all, I was going to get trained as a coach, which I, which I did. And then I wanted to give back. I wanted to really help young women get access to something which I had had because I had made it. I was turning around asking myself, gosh, what if I'd had this opportunity 25 years ago? What decisions would I have made? What would I have done differently? And I felt that it was critical to, to help someone have this information much earlier in their careers. And then on top of that, thinking about young women in impact who absolutely were not going to get access to this gift of coaching and leadership development. And so that's where I focus my efforts. 
also with the belief that if we could help them very early in their careers, that they would not burn out, that maybe they would be able to do and create even more impact in the world and bring others with them as well. It was my my humble uh, beginnings, but it was a lot of, yeah, being late in my career and realizing, gosh, this is something I wished I wished I could have had a long time ago. Jane, tell me a little bit about the fellowship today. What's your organization look like and what are you working on now? So to date, we run two pretty big fellowship programs a year, and we look for young women social change makers. So they are high potential young women leaders. Uh, They're generally working in nonprofits or they are founders of nonprofits. They're social impact entrepreneurs or also working in social enterprises or they're activists. And uh, as you mentioned uh, in the introduction, they come from more than 70 countries. So we work globally and we welcome uh, fellows from everything from Myanmar to Argentina to Cambodia, uh, South Africa, an awful lot in the US as well and across Europe um, and Africa. So we run this program. It's six months long. It's an application-based program. And we give our fellows access to six months of executive coaching, of which Wendy has uh, has been able to coach so very many of these women, which has been really fantastic. And then in addition, they become part of our network. I think the largest network of young uh, social change women leaders across the world. They connect, we have additional trainings and opportunities for them to uh, to build bridges and have a shared experience and help support each other. And I know that Patricia, who we we had on one of our podcasts, she said that that was a huge benefit for her of working with the coaching fellowship was the support network, which has been just an extraordinary thing for her in her career. Yes, it's, I mean, we know that, that women who have a strong network around them are two and a half times more likely to succeed. And uh, I think in the impact space, it is, you can have a lot of sort of co-colleagues, but those maybe who are first-time leaders uh, or even entrepreneurs and CEOs in their own right, in the impact space, there was very, there was very little opportunity for them to connect and have a shared experience. When you think of sort of the for-profit world, one would see organizations such as the Entrepreneurs Organization or Young Presidents or even Chief.com these days and Elevate Network, but very little in the uh, happening in the impact space. So uh, that is that has been wonderful to help foster these relationships. I, I talk a lot about the, the hero's journey, you know, Joseph Campbell's uh, work. So I call it the heroine's journey and uh, the part in the hero's journey where you get into the pit, right? And you're stuck and it's hard. And there are two things that Campbell says that will get you out of the pit. And that is faith and allies, right? And I see from the coaching fellowships perspective, what we're doing is on one hand is the faith with working with your coach, faith in yourself and what you're here to do in your abilities and your experiences and that you will triumph And then absolutely in the allies and the people around you that are going to hold you and help you, whether that's your coach or your co-colleagues in the the fellowship as well. We need it. We definitely need a village. Sounds incredibly powerful. And I kind of wish I had something like that early in my career too. I do hear you. Absolutely. I'm I'm really curious. I'm super curious. Gosh, because we're all getting older. (laughs) I've only been doing this for seven years, but... Won't it be interesting to be 25 years down the line and see 
what are these women doing doing now? What's wh- who are they? What's the impact that they're making? Because let me tell you, they're extraordinary today, and so much about what we're doing is. Nothing is broken, nothing needs fixing. It's about helping them do and be more in the world because men do, we need it, we need them. They're, they're extraordinary women, super proud of them. Wendy, tell me a little bit how you got involved with this fellowship. Sure, I came at it from a different place in that I've been wanting to put my time and energy into passion projects, things that matter. and my career's gone well, it goes well, and that's kind of ticking along. But I wanted to invest in areas that I really felt where I could make a difference. And so I've been looking and looking and I have like two fundamental, there's sort of like, if you care about everything, you care about nothing. And so I had to really say, okay, just pick one or two. And the two that rose to the top of the surface are young young women giving them hand up, like Jane was saying, and you were saying, what if we had had this when we were young women in the business world? And uh, I never did. I didn't even have a really good mentor. I, I really wanted to give back to young women and then also environmental issues. And to a degree, the coaching fellowship hits both those targets. Uh, because some of the social impact entrepreneurs are focused in that arena. And one day, as I was sort of contemplating, how am I going to find this organization where I'm going to put my time, energy, and attention? In my Facebook feed, uh, a, a post popped up by somebody I know and respect who said, hey, anybody's interested? There's this organization that's just started called the Coaching Fellowship, and they're looking for coaches etc etc describe Jane's organization and I just clicked on it and that was it I just said here this and so it just kind of just landed in my path yeah yeah we were the lucky ones (laughs) and it was so early Sherry Lynn as well I mean when it was literally I gosh we weren't even a year old so Wendy has uh been part of the the growth of the organization and been a supporter in so very many ways, as well as the coaching. So we, yeah, you've watched it grow and been part of the growth uh, deeply, Wendy. Yeah, it's been so exciting to see how it's evolved and what it's evolved to. I mean, you've done an amazing job taking this from a vision and a dream to actually manifesting something so incredible. I mean, I just am in awe. Thank you. That has real impact on, on real people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. Can you share with me the kinds of issues that you're helping your fellows deal with and overcome so that they're able to step into their power? Yes, absolutely. We actually spent uh, two years with the University of Southern California on a longitudinal study. We know conversationally what other things that the fellows like to work on, but we, we completed at the end of last year this long study, which was really fascinating. And I'll, I'll share a little bit more, of course. But we, in the early days when I first started coaching fellowship, and we remember that distinctly the very first program that we ran, we had nearly 800 applications. And it, it was shocking. It was, it was wow. a bit too many. I'd gone from sort of, sort of 50 to 800 six months later. And, and I would read the applications. You know, it was me doing kind of everything pretty much at that time. And, uh, and then did recruit a selection committee and uh, things went on from there. 
But I used to read every single application. And let me tell you, 95% of the women all wanted to work on confidence. And it just about killed me. I would be crying reading these applications of the most accomplished young women doing the most extraordinary things to make this world better. And yet they all were struggling with self-doubt and the self-assurance that they were, you know, in the right place, in the right boots, doing the right thing. And that were they enough and could they do this? And and it really used to get me down. But then I, I had this realization that it was okay because we were helping them with coaching. And coaching is, I couldn't help them raise more money for their organizations. I didn't know Bill Gates or Melinda Gates. I couldn't help them with a massive network of, of funders and things like that. But man, we could actually help them with confidence. We could do that. We could help show them that they have everything they need already and that they're magnificent because because they are. So I just just wanted to share that small story at the start because that that was kind of where I really dug in at the org and thought, man, you know, yeah, we can we can do this. Like, and what would be different if 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 confidence was a th- was a thing, you know? And so yeah, with the study that we did with USC, other things were exposed, such as I mean, much more sort of professional tactical things. You could say being quite uncertain about decision making, being a first time manager, worrying uh, about fundraising, being in a position of being an entrepreneur and being responsible for employees and staff and the product and so on. And and I would like to say the coaching that we're doing is not advice. It is not mentoring. It is not, we're going to help you with your cap table or your marketing plan or your, what we're going to do is help you help yourself. And from the place that you already have all of the answers, or you know how to get the answers, but we're going to help you figure that out for yourself so you're in your full your full power and potential. And does this reflect your experience, Wendy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now that you're asking, I'm kind of hearkening back through sort of flipping pages through all the people I coached and <laughs> mentally, and is this a common theme? And most definitely uh, confidence, asking for what they want and deserve in terms of a raise, in terms of mm-hmm. applying for a new position, uh, in terms of stating their terms. I will start on this date. I have a vacation planned. Just even things things like that, how to have those difficult conversations and also difficult conversations with the people that report to them or board members or whatever. But a lot of it is helping them feel confident and comfortable that they can take some of this on and stand for themselves and behind themselves and alongside themselves. And I'm a placeholder for that until they can do it. And why did you write Unlocked? Through difficult circumstances. I sat at the, uh, more than a year ago, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, reading a headline after news article after headline of women going backwards, not forwards. Women lost a generation of progress in 2020, according to the World Economic Forum. Sexual violence numbers were going through the roof. More and more children across um, sub-Saharan Africa not going to be able to go to school. And just wholly depressed and wholly thinking, oh my goodness, I created this organization. We're empowering women 
and what is going on? Like, we are, this is devastating. And I was thinking to myself, my goodness, I get to work with the most extraordinary young women leaders every day and I'm depressed, like I'm struggling. What is everybody else feeling like? And of course, these headlines are true, don't get me wrong, that the numbers are real. The problems are incredibly real. And I know enough, I've seen enough that there is great progress happening for women and girls. And I want people to know that. We don't, we don't actually have a lot of those good progress newsworthy articles out there. So a chunk of the book is actually telling their stories, including some of the fellows of the work that they have done to advance uh, the progress for women and girls around the world. And then the second part is we've had the vote for more than 100 years and we're still fighting. And I'm like, my God, like chaining ourselves to railings and going on the women's marches and things like that. It's done something, but we're still here. We're still losing our rights, you know, in in various states in the United States. You look at Afghanistan, uh, all the progress that we've made, and then in one fell swoop, where there's there's just so many of these kinds of stories. And call me naive, call me absolutely naive, but I really think women helping women is how we will solve this, is how we will reach gender equity, is actually when every woman stands up for every other woman. In, in her life and in her in the world. And these are not difficult things to do. Yet I know, and I'm wondering, the, the men and the women listening to this podcast is like, you better not mess with an empowered woman, right? I mean, she will move heaven and earth. And goodness me, what happens when we get that kind of energy out there? Like, what kind of change can we make? Like, if we get more money in the hands of more women, will capitalism change? If more women have uh, more exposure in media and, and get more stories and get more, more coverage and more voice, will social attitudes change? Will diversity be like more pr- appreciated that we actually want different perspectives and different people? We need laws changed and gender racial bias needs to be a thing of the past. But ultimately, all that starts with you and me mm-hmm. in a single action. And like I said, maybe I'm naive, but I really want women to know that they can take very small actions, which will have very big repercussions. But it does require that we all do it <laughs> and we do it often and we tell others to do it. It sounds cliched, but we, we are the change. We have to be. And we really are at such a moment of change in the working world right now yeah. in reflecting Lately on the on these large technology companies that are coming out and saying, well, okay, so we hear you. You say you want to keep working from home because it works better for you. But if and we're willing to let you do that, but you're not getting the big paycheck if you're not coming into the office. You're gonna be on a, a reduced package. And I just cringed when I started seeing these headlines come out because you know who it is who's going to be taking the package, right? You know who it is that's going to self-select and stay home because it makes life so much more manageable when they when have a family and that kind of stuff. And I, I really feel like there's a risk of us taking a giant step back with this new trend. And I certainly hope the women and girls listening to this podcast hearken on this and don't take the step back and fight for your right to work from home. Yeah. And, and, and help us, help paid. us sister also stay in the workforce and demand what, 
what she's what she's yes. with. I I heard Sally Korchak from from Elevest on the radio the other day, and she uh, she was actually quoting another lady whose name I'm forgetting right now. But she said other countries have social uh, systems for security. In America, we have women. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of hate to say it, but it's like, yeah, who is going to take the step back? Who is going to stop working? Who is going to stop? Because we have to, we do have our children. We do have our elders. We do have the groceries and the everything else. And the, I, I don't mean to moan, but there, and it really is enough. It really is. And this is, we had some fragile gains and the pandemic has has exposed these very fragile gains and we absolutely cannot go backwards. So what are your readers going to learn from this book? Oh, goodness. I don't even know where to start. Sherry Lynn, when I was writing it, I was like, oh my God, I think this could be like 10 volumes. Nobody nobody needs to read 10 volumes of this. I think from the stories, I know people will be inspired. The stories cover everything from Candace Colonel Candace Frost, who is the US Army's glass ceiling breaker extraordinaire. She literally smashed every every role she could have had in the US Army as a woman and has lit the torch for more women to follow in her footsteps. She's an extraordinary human being. And I think to myself, gosh, if a woman can make it in the most masculine kind of industry on the planet, then there's hope for us all. And this is kind of near to my heart just at the moment with everything that's going on in Afghanistan. But uh, uh, an incredible young woman called Foreshta Faro, who was the, she's the founder of an organization and uh, rebuilding Afghanistan 2.0 and opened the first coding school for girls in Herat in Afghanistan. Uh, she was born a refugee, uh, fled from the Taliban in the early 2000s, was able to finally go back was teaching girls uh, web design, how to code. Uh, the most extraordinary thing about them was that these girls would then go on to earn double, triple any other relative in their family with this work. And she is one incredibly strong young woman just in her mid-30s, seen the world, seen experienced so much. So I, I hope that these stories are inspirational and, and also a reminder. I guess most of us are living quite comfortably in our homes with our nice beds and computers and all these things and that we do take a lot for granted and so we can use our voice we can use our resources for good the other part are those keys the 10 keys to helping unlock another woman's potential and they're not meant to be complicated they are really easy and i definitely had a whole bunch of saboteur time where i was like my god will anybody think these are worth anything really be the example They've heard that 50,000 times, you know, but I hope that uh, it's with a different flag to empower someone else when you take the action to be the example. You do this consciously and with intention. One of the keys I talk about is actually talk about money. We are, <laughs> we're, I'm sure you've talked about this on this podcast before, but we have a very difficult relationship. I don't want to, to generalize us all, but vast majority of us have a very challenging relationship with money, either a lot of guilt and shame, or a lot of confusion, a lot of we're not supposed to, we don't know what we're supposed to do with it because we've never been taught. And that's part of our 
patriarchal systems as well, which we're taught to save and be careful with it. And men are told to invest it and grow it and do something with it. It's useful. It's a vehicle for change. But that should be something we can do as women. Mm. as well even if we admit hey i don't know what i'm doing but can we figure this out together it pains me that women in america will retire with less money than their husbands and that is not only because we're earning less right we're earning 73 cent on the dollar mm. uh to uh, to our male counterparts but we're also not investing it so we're not going to make as much and that compounds over time and so that one in three women in america will re- will actually retire in poverty like that cannot be a thing when you have worked your entire life well i can't wait to read this book it sounds so inspiring and i'm looking forward to getting my well, copy the, well if the book is half as inspiring as jane is talking it's going to be fantastic thank you bless you uh, thank you so jane where can people get your book? They can uh, search for Unlocked on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. It's also available internationally as well. So, so Amazon, wherever you are in the world, uh, just uh, search for it. It's available for ebook and paperback. And yeah, I'd be delighted if uh, if your listeners would love to check it out. I'm just so grateful that you you exist. <laughs> <laughs> You're making such a difference in the world for so many people. I've been on this journey with you and saw your ups and downs with the coaching fellowship and funding for it to keep it going and how that all evolved. And it was obviously meant to be, but it didn't just happen. Your vision, your persistence, your hard work, your grace, and watching that, witnessing that. I mean, you're such an inspiration to me, but I think about you and you're like a pebble in a pond and it and you and and your energy and everything that you've done is just rippling out literally across the globe and so uh if we think one person can't make a difference don't mess with an empowered woman never a truer word spoken in jest Thank you, Jane Finnett, for those wise words. And thank you also to Wendy Apple, who joined us in this fascinating discussion about empowering women leaders and how this can really change the world. In this episode of Being Human is Good for Business, we learned that almost 95% of women feel that they could be more confident in many aspects of their careers and their lives. And we also learned that this has been exasperated by the pandemic and it comes to the forefront when having difficult conversations at work and in women's complicated relationships with money. You'll learn a lot more about how women can empower women leaders in Jane's new book entitled Unlocked, and you can get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble. Jane has kindly offered us a copy of her book to give away to a lucky listener. To enter the draw, please share a link to this podcast with your social media connections and at tag Trilogy Effect. You can look for links to our social media profiles in the show notes. Enter by November 30th, 2021, and we will draw the winner the next day on December 1st, 2021. Please make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to our podcast. Please leave a rating or a review and recommend us to your friends and your family or anyone you know who wants to learn how to become a better, stronger, more effective leader. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Sherry Lynn Starkey, and this is the 
Being Human is Good for Business podcast. 